A good Muslim is a Muslim that surrenders and submits to Islam. A good Muslim does not ask questions. So I took my brain out and blindly surrendered to Islam. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like for a jihadist from Iran to convert to Christianity. Now, as we know, with Sharia law, which is the law in many Muslim countries, such as Iran, it is illegal for a Muslim to convert to Christianity and is punishable by death in those countries. However, there are many who take that route despite the risk of losing their lives. Today in our show, we have Muhammad Faridi, who was a jihadist before he knew Christ. And he's going to tell us of his journey from being a devoted Muslim to becoming a devoted Christ follower. Muhammad, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Muhammad, I am so glad to have you on the show. I mean, I think we're going to learn so much. Tell me. What was it like growing up in Iran? I understand you were forced to learn Arabic, even though that wasn't your native tongue. Tell me more. Well, I was born into a devout Muslim family in the city of Tehran. And even though most people think all Muslims speak Arabic, they don't. Only 13% of the Muslim world speaks Arabic. But as a Muslim, in order to speak to your God in the time of prayer, the only language he understands is Arabic. So I had, as a Farsi-speaking or a Persian-speaking Muslim, to learn another language to speak to my God or why prayer would not be heard. So I was mandated. It wasn't a choice from the beginning. I had no choice to become a Muslim or I had no choice in all of this. My mom mandated me to learn Arabic and do the rituals of Islam. Wow. So there are some pretty strong rituals in Islam. For example, praying five times a day, washing yourself and many other rituals. That's what I know. But what would you say to find a good Muslim where you were from? So a good Muslim is a Muslim that surrenders and submits to Islam. I remember I was a child, five, six years old, and I was praying to Allah in Arabic. And you memorize a prayer in Arabic and then you recite that. You are not actually praying you're just reciting. Mm. And I didn't understand what I was saying. It's a different language. You just like a parrot, memorize some chapters of the Quran and then you recite it. Mm. I went to my mom and I said, mom, I don't understand what am I saying? Can I speak to the God of Islam in Farsi? Doesn't he understand our mother tongue? And my mom said, a good Muslim surrenders, a good Muslim submits. A good Muslim does not ask questions. And if you keep asking questions, such as the question you're asking, Allah will be upset with you. He will torment you. He will torture you. And you will end up in hell. Uh So I was afraid. As a child, I was frightened. I didn't want to go to hell. So I took my brain out and blindly surrendered to Islam. Oh, yikes. That is a lot of pressure. It sounds really scary for a child to hear that. But how then does a Muslim know if they're going to heaven or not? Well, Islam is the religion of works. You perform. If you perform well enough, Allah will like you. If you don't, He hates you. 
and at the day of judgment, according to Islamic doctrine, he holds a scale. The good deeds go on the right side of the scale, the bad deeds on the left. Mm. And if, and only if, the good deeds outweigh the bad deeds, Allah may allow you inside paradise. I remember reading about that. Yeah. And another dilemma I had that because I studied the Quran, in the Quran, there is a verse that all Muslim, righteous, non-righteous, all Muslim will end up in hell first. And then from hell, he will pick some out to enter paradise. So there is no escape and there is no guarantee or assurance of eternal life. But if you become a martyr for Islam, if you die in jihad, according to chapter 8 of the Quran, 9 of the Quran, right. you have to slay and slain on the way of Allah. You kill or you are killed on the path of Allah or in jihad. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, or the doctrine of Islam guarantees eternal life. Oh my gosh. To kill or be killed in order to gain access to guaranteed heaven. Otherwise, it's just an adding of good deeds versus bad deeds. That's an interesting belief. That must have caused a lot of fear and anxiety about death for you. Sure is like that. The fear of the tomb, the fear of the cemetery after your death. And there's a lot of doctrine in Islam that talks about that fear of tomb, what's going to happen to you. And that's a very scary place to be, not knowing what's going to happen. So I wanted to do anything it takes to avoid that part of the judgment of Allah on me. Mm. So I decided to fulfill what real Islam wants from me. So when you were a devout Muslim, how did you view Christians in other countries like America? Well, when I was in Iran just a few years ago, and when we thought about America, America is a great Satan because all the immoralities of the world comes out of Hollywood, produced by the Americans, mm. which we know them as the Christians. Mm. So the Christians are weakening the belief and the religion of Muslims in Islamic countries. And all this immoralities that comes out of Hollywood, we credit the Christians for them. And we say, these Christians are doing all this, mm. producing all those immoral movies and pornographies and all that, mm. just to weaken the hearts and the faith of the Muslims. Wow. So you felt like America had a personal vendetta against Muslims, and specifically from Christians. That's right. That's a belief of all Muslims in the Middle East as far as I know. My gosh. So I understand that you would sometimes beat yourself in order to cleanse yourself from your sins. Tell us more about that. So I knew I have sinned as a Muslim. I knew I was sinning. But what was the way out? And how could you sanctify yourself from the sins? And so the ritual of Shia Muslim is to beat yourself and self-punish yourself, to shed your own blood. So we would get together in a room, they would dim the lights, and we mourn for the death of our imams, the son-in-law of the Prophet and his grandchildren. They have died in various wars, and we mourn for that. It's just like they died five minutes ago. So we ritually mourn, and the leader or the imam provokes the crowd to weep and mourn and cry, and then beat themselves. So I beat myself on my chest with chains on my back and with a sword on my head. Wow. That's how much I try to show how sorry and how bad the sin is in my life to get rid of it. But the more I beat myself and cut myself and shed my own blood, my burden got heavier and heavier. And the more I tried to get rid of it, it was just getting worse and worse and depression was taking over. Okay, let's stop there. I understand that later you became a jihadi and joined the Iranian Revolutionary Army. And I want to have you on our next show to talk more about that. I mean, I'm so interested to learn more about that. So thanks so much for being with us, Mohammed. My pleasure. Hold on. The show isn't over yet. 
I want to talk to you about this concept of weighing of good deeds versus bad deeds right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to AwakeningTheNations.com, and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at AwakeningTheNations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's AwakeningTheNations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? I found it fascinating in Muhammad's religion as a Muslim that there was such an emphasis on needing to be good, but he couldn't quite do it. And at the end of his testimony, I really understood on the part when he was talking about how he would try to beat himself or punish himself to try to rid himself of his own sins. Have you ever felt this way? I mean, this is a frustrating feeling because it's like as if you stained your favorite jacket or your favorite dress you do anything to try to make it better. But no matter what you do, the stain is still there. So what can we do with that stain of our sins, the sins that literally stain our soul? In ancient scriptures, there's a promise that the prophet Isaiah talks about in Isaiah 1.18. It is written, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You see, there is a promise that one day God would be able to take the stain from sin and to be able to make it as if it never happened. Look at this. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. You know, when you stain something with blood, like red, you know, if you take red dye and you toss it into a white sheet, you're not going to get that out. It's not going to be easy. You can sit there and try to scratch it, rub it out, and it's red like crimson. But the Lord promises He'll be able to make it as white as snow. Now, oftentimes in the past, I found myself mulling over my sins, beating myself up in my mind of how I wished I had never messed up. I mean, I would sit there and literally think, gosh, everything would be so different if I had just not messed up. And I would beat myself up. Have you done that? Now, according to God's promise, He was going to make a way to turn the stain of our sins as if it never happened. And that promise is now fulfilled in Jesus. Let me show you. It's written in 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Listen, guys. Jesus died. He shed His blood. Think of it. And He cleansed us from our sin. Like we can be clean and cleansed, made white as snow, like that promise, as if it never happened. Where are you at with all of this? How do you deal with your sins now? Just think of it. Do you find yourself trying to punish yourself like Muhammad did? 
trying to rid yourself of your sins, self-punishing yourself as if it really would make anything better. Jesus already did something for us, friend. He took the punishment for you. You don't need to punish yourself. He took it. You just need to receive the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. And I know someone is listening right now who's under a huge amount of weight of the guilt of their failures. My message to you today is that God loves you and He has a better way. Let me pray for you. Lord God, we come to you and I come to you with my friend who's really dealing with that just self-punishment, frustration feeling of not knowing what to do with their sins. Lord Jesus, according to your word, you can make us white as snow. We come to you now, Lord. We throw up our hands. We say, God, I surrender. I can't do it on my own. I surrender this to you. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to make me as white as snow. Make me as clean, Lord God, as if I had never sinned, Lord. Help us. We receive your forgiveness right now. We receive you, Lord Jesus, so that we can walk a holy life. His word will make you clean. We ask for this in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.